You're listening to the What Spot Podcast, where an Exmo has turned sexmo, impurity culture at its finest. Hello, everybody. I have a very exciting episode. I say that I'm not even standing. I'm not even next to my mic. <laughs> There's a lot of giggles in the room. Um, I say this every episode. I have an exciting episode. <laughs> so... I will introduce everybody in the room. Um, I'm going to save, not the best for last, but the main event for last. <laughs> we have Cherry. If you guys remember Cherry. Hello. She is my uh, burlesque dancer from episode four. Nice. I believe it was episode four. Mm-hmm. She's in real big right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then I've got Millie here. Hello. Would you like to introduce yourself, yes. Millie? Hello. Um, yeah, so I, uh, new to the podcast scene, definitely haven't done one with Sarah. I've never done <laughs> one before, so. She's awesome. We're going to have to do a whole other episode on her because Homegirl's got an interesting story. <laughs> that is for sure. <laughs> and now for the big cheese. No. <laughs> <laughs> we have April Davis of the Vagina Blog. Mm-hmm. It's true. I feel like we should golf clap. <laughs> Yay. I think there's a sound I can input. (laughs) We'll add in a golf clap. Yes. This is my note to add one in. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I saw April Davis's Instagram, and what stood out to me the most was the fact that you use the word vagina on uh, Instagram. Yeah. All the time. A lot. She'll she has stuffies of vaginas like yes. a stuffy of a vagina. And if you don't know what a stuffy is, you don't have kids. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just she's amazing. Um, you really do dive into a lot surrounding the vagina, and menstruation's a big a big part. Big part, yeah. But you also go into like orgasm, all of it, proper use of you know lubes, cleanliness of the vagina. Pretty much all female body health. I want to talk about everything from body image and body positivity to orgasm, childbirth, breastfeeding. I mean, we go through so much menopause. Like, there's a lot there. Everything. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, okay, this is perfect. Um, well, I feel like you just introduced yourself, but do you have any, like, occupational backgrounds that led mm-hmm. you to wanting to start this? Definitely. So I... Uh, I think I've always been naturally curious about this type of stuff. That's who I am. That's how I've always been. Um, I have a background in emergency medicine. And so I actually worked for a certified nurse midwife as her assistant uh, for five years. And in the meantime, worked as a birth photographer and a doula. Wow. So I was able to see like women in their most like vulnerable state and also their most empowered Um, I also was able to see what was happening in our healthcare systems in a very intimate way. And we are failing people when it comes to their care. It's, we're not doing a good job. And so it was really frustrating because I would go to these really incredible, empowering uh, home births where birth was allowed to unfold and just happen. Mm -hmm. And then I would go into the hospital and witness a lot of heavy intervention, lack of consent, obstetric violence, especially as a birth photographer, because as a doula, they... I kind of was there to like almost protect people really. But when you're there as a photographer, no one knows that you know anything. And so you're just observing what would happen. 
And yeah. it was really disturbing. And so it really lit a fire um, to change all of this. I really wanted to fix it. And so I had to retire from birth a couple years ago. And I was left with this wealth of knowledge about all the things mm-hmm. and this just need to fix everything that's broken. So I was like, what do I do? And I'd been like a women's health consultant on a couple mommy blogs and things. And I'd done some blogging on my own and all the other stuff. And it just really made sense. Like, I'm just going to start a platform. I'm going to build a community and I'm going to teach people and educate them and empower them. Because if we can have conversations with people before they're getting on birth control, if we can teach parents how to talk to their kids about sex, how to talk to their, their kids about their own anatomies and what they are for and how they work and everything else around it. Um, if we can teach people about pleasure and what that means and what that looks like and help them feel safe and all of that, mm-hmm. by the time they get up to having kids, ideally they're empowered to advocate for themselves. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to, because we're seeing a rise in maternal mortality rates. So more women are dying now wow. than when our moms had babies. Wow. This is terrible. And it's the racial disparities are also horrific. And so how do we fix this? We start talking about orgasms openly. We start talking about pleasure. We start teaching people how to advocate for themselves. We educate and we empower them. Wow. So that when they go in, they're not getting bullied into like, well, if you're a good girl, you take birth control. Yeah. You know, like, no, I don't want to have this put on me because people's doctors have like said this to them. I can't handle it. You should be the one deciding what birth control you take. If you take birth control, you shouldn't feel like you're a bad person mm-hmm. or being irresponsible if you don't. Like, there's so many problems with that. And so because of this, like, inability to speak up, mm-hmm. this is why we're seeing maternal mortality rates going up. Wow. That's, you gave me goosebumps. So much. Sure. <laughs> from the moment you talked about women going in and having births, like going from like, so I had my daughter in 2020, mm-hmm. October oh. 2020. Oh, I'm so, so sorry. So imagine really the magic. I'm like, find out February 2020, I'm pregnant. I'm like, oh, this is great. March oh. 2020, COVID lockdown. I mean, my appointments were virtual. Um, I wanted a doula. I couldn't have a doula because I could have one person in the room. And, of course, I'm going to have my my husband there. Yeah. Luckily, by the time it came to my due date, within a couple of days, I could have one extra person, which was my mother-in-law. She's a retired RN, so she was perfect. Yep. And she had gone through um, her daughter's uh, two deliveries with a doula. Mm -hmm. So she knew all the things that a doula could do. Yep. Um, however, so I went in naive. I was like, I'm going to do hypnobirthing. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had my, I think it was from Mama Earth. I yep. printed off this thing. Like, these are all the things. I mean, we wanted to leave the goopy stuff on the yes. baby for a long time. Yep. I don't know what it's called. Verdicts. Let it yeah, soak we in. wanted to let it Birthing soak in. frosting. Yeah, we were just like, let's do all the things. And yeah. so for hypnobirthing, uh, minimal checks is on there. Yep. Because you got to stay in the zone. Yep. And not the auto zone. It was like, I was not in the zone. I needed a swear jar. It was... Well, and hypnobirthing, the thing that frustrates me about that philosophy in particular, it's like, and if you do everything perfectly, you won't feel pain. Nope. No. That's Mm. a lie. Who was that doctor? He he was a man. He wrote a book. Of course. What was that? What was his name? He's very popular. I can't remember who it is. But it's the book people lean on, and they're like, well, he said if you do it right, you're not going to feel pain. Yeah. What is his no. freaking name? I, with my second, was and like, I want someone who's like, oh, no, it hurts really bad, but here's how you deal with it. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted when I was, like, trying to figure stuff out because, yeah, it's, it hurts. Yeah. Well, what <laughs> happened with me, my water actually broke 
when we were at home. Mm. It was in the middle of the night. I've never had a baby. Mm -hmm. So I had water just slowly trickling out of me. Which at the time you're like, I could be peeing. We don't know. Right. I was <laughs> like, I was like, I'm a week and a half away from my due date. Yeah. This doesn't feel normal. Let's go in. They tested it. They said, oh, nope, you are not. This is not, um, Amniotic fluid. Yeah, it's not the amniotic fluid. Mind you, I just peed prior to them yeah. testing it. So I luckily I had an appointment with my OB and she that day she was gonna scrape my membranes again. Mm -hmm. I'm uninformed. I just didn't want to be pregnant. So I was like, do whatever you want to do, well, but I yeah. don't want to be induced. Yeah. Um so I go in, sweep to sweep the membranes. They didn't even get that far. She tested the fluid because I was having, you know. Still leaking. Like that and then mild contractions. And mm. she goes, this is amniotic fluid. Mm. She did an ultrasound. I had a high leak mm -hmm. or high break. Mm -hmm. And she said, we need to get you admitted mm. within the hour because mm -hmm. of the time frame that totally. we have. Yep. And she said, it's going to get intense. We're going to break your water. I did not want an epidural. Mm. I wanted a hypnobirth. Mm. I go in with my paper and we're just having a good time. And Practical Jokers is on the TV. Everything's yeah. great. She breaks my water. That's when I really learned what a water break is. Mm -hmm. It is not a trickle. It's very wet. And it just, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I was in natural labor for 24 hours. Yeah. And they checked me originally and they said, you're at a seven. Mm -hmm. And time had gone by. I swear, my mother-in-law's like, I think you're transitioning. Let's call them. Yeah. The nurse comes in. She checks. And she's like, you're at a six. Oh. And I'm like, how the... F I, and I can cuss on this podcast. Yeah. How the fuck am I at a six? Yeah. I, I want it to be done. Yeah. And so then she's like, well, let's have the doctor come in. She's next door. She comes in. She checks me. And she's like, the baby is stuck. And her forehead is pressed at an angle. And yeah. she's like, we need to, you're exhausted. Let's give you something yep. to take the edge off. Yep. So they do that, blah, blah, blah. Time's going by. Um, the nothing's happening. Then they're like, we need to give you Pitocin. We're going to put you on this peanut ball thing. Mm -hmm. um, you're going to want an epidural. At mm -hmm. that time, I said, give me the epidural. Oh, 100%. Over 24 hours, I'm done. Yeah, well, and uh, once Pitocin's in there, like, this is a different game. Mm -hmm. That's not natural childbirth anymore. This is mean. No, it's like, vicious. It is. And so I always, when I'm counseling with people, especially when I was working as a doula, I would always like, you got to go in with an open mind. Mm -hmm. Like your birth plan is just homework. We're just doing homework about how we would love things to go. But you also have to go in knowing like, I'm here to roll with it, I guess. Well, <laughs> so they hook me up. To the monitor, and every time I had a contraction, my daughter's heart rate would drop. Yeah. So you know what happened. Yep. I ended up with an emergency C-section. Mm -hmm. She goes in, and she knew I did not want a C-section, but it was the only choice we totally. had at that point. Yeah. And she said, and I want to know your thoughts on this. And this yeah. is not really what the episode's about, so but sorry, we're guys. But we're here. We're talking about it. I had no idea this was a person I could talk to about this. Because my husband's convinced that... And this is a whole other thing, too, yeah. which I'll say. But um, he's convinced that if I were to have another baby, I could have a VBAC. But mm -hmm. my doctor thinks she told me my pelvis was too narrow based on what she saw. And my sister had two C-sections because of her pelvis. Yeah. Is that a real thing? Maybe. Do you? So. Go uh, get knocked up. Let's I'm, find out. I know, right? <laughs> I'm wondering. It's like yeah. they suspect. And when I say they, I mean my mother-in-law and my husband and mm -hmm. my sister-in-law. They're all like the hippies, right? Mm -hmm. They think because she broke my water, mm -hmm. the baby came down, and mm -hmm. I wasn't able to dilate 
properly because of the way she felt. But I don't know. I mean, these things... So your cervix can can be sensitive to this type of stuff uh-huh. and just decide, like, I'm just going to get really inflamed instead of dilate. Yeah. They totally do that. So, like, that's absolutely a possibility. You also could have really narrow hips. Like, or yeah. an inner, like a narrow inner pelvis. Yeah, I could. And not be able to yeah. deliver. So it's one of those things, like, if I were you... I think I would just really, like, trust your gut. Mm-hmm. Like, try to get to a place where you're, like, really intuitive and, like, feeling into it. Because mm-hmm. I've had friends in this situation. Some of them try for a back and they're successful. Yeah. Others don't. I had one friend call me a week before and she's like, I know we've been planning a back and that you're coming in as my doula. I just woke up this morning and had an overwhelming feeling that I just need to plan a C-section. And I was like, okay, well, let's plan the best C-section. Yeah. Because there's benefits to knowing you're going to have one and being yeah. able to plan it and not I have an emergency. I wanted a Kardashian it, going with makeup, oh. like, look cute, take cute pictures. It's not how it goes. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> I, I'm sure. Well, I've actually decided I, so I'm 31, turning 32 next month. Not that my age prevents me from having a baby, but mm-hmm. based on where I am with my mental state, mm-hmm. I know if I were to go in and have a baby, mm-hmm. it would be really hard for me. Oh, yeah. I feel like I would be at risk of postpartum depression yeah so we've decided um we're gonna adopt Mm. is what we're hoping to do yeah um based on my occupation we're learning that might actually be a challenge yeah Uh, i wish they would just change that because i do feel like just because you're in a certain occupation does not negate you being a good parent with your parents but it's the government and it's how it's ran and i've seen it's very difficult so that's another story oh yeah but anyway yeah that's just amazing that you have you're passionate about the vagina and when you were talking about working as a doula and being there as like a a labor photographer you have seen the vagina in its most empowering state oh absolutely hundreds of times and i've seen all the things and it was Kind of incredible. The nurse midwife that I worked for is actually, at the time, was also our NP here at our Planned Parenthood. And so working with her was really awesome because she does gynecological care as well. Mm-hmm. well. So I was able to kind of talk through and learn so much mm-hmm. from her. So it, it really was. It was a really neat opportunity. But I think seeing that empowerment... Uh-huh. And once you've seen people have that, I just want that for everyone. Yeah. It's such a contrast to people who... Um, end up having traumatic things happen to them. They step into motherhood feeling damaged or like they failed or all these other things. Oh, that like such a failure. And you shouldn't. A baby came out of you. Well, that's they the had thing. to cut a baby out of you. It's you should so get a trophy. <laughs> I know. Well, do you want to know what the the? Uh, I don't want to. You like, survived all I'm not going to make this about me and an, an emotional thing. But I had that piece of paper, my birth plan, yeah. and the one thing that I knew I could have was the nursing crawl. Yeah. And my daughter was working her way mm-hmm. to my breast to nurse. Yeah. And, you know, we um, did not allow them to put the goop on her eyes because yeah, yeah, we yeah. don't, you know, yeah. we're crazy. But she was making her way. She was going there. And it's just new. It's like, have you guys ever seen this? It's so cool. I know it's, you've seen yeah. it. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, babies, it's intuitive, just like animals. They know to go and feed. They know to nurse. So she was getting there, and the nurse comes up and grabs her and goes, Oh, look, she's trying to nurse. Plops her right on my breast. I know she's trying to nurse. And I was devastated. I'm so I was sorry. like, that is the one thing yeah. I had. And I and it can take 20 minutes, sometimes yeah. 30 minutes. They get there. And oh, she yeah. was, I was like, 
like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then she just gets plopped onto me and she nursed naturally. It was, it was great, but I just, that's the one thing I wanted and it's okay. I've moved on from it. No, (laughs) maybe I haven't, but but it's so frustrating. Like it's frustrating that, because that's what I saw a lot of times too, is the lack of trust. Like the midwifery model of care Mm -hmm. really is leaning into supporting people, pregnant people in their own intuitions Mm -hmm. and trusting women and trusting people with their own bodies Mm -hmm. giving them body autonomy whereas medical model care really does look at it more like an ailment and like something they need to go in and fix and rescue and you know so yeah i just medicine does try to put its hands in every aspect of anything and it's the thing too, like some births should absolutely take place in the hospital. Epidurals are I could a be huge blessing. Had I exactly. C sections also huge blessing. Aren't we so glad everyone's alive and well? Right? Yeah, I have a very small scar. You can't even tell. Yeah. So like, all of these things are like incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're overusing them. Yeah. It's killing people. I will say <laughs> the one thing that. I did is when I was looking for an OB for this, I looked up the um, OB who had the lowest C-section rate. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate enough to get yeah. her, and she's amazing. But so. I feel like you can walk away from it knowing, too, like, what happened is probably what yeah, needed to she happen. Had to, when she you know? told us we had to have us, as in my partner and I, because mm-hmm. he was the one who was also so invested. Oh, yeah. Um, she pulled us, or pulled him over, and she said, look... We tried everything. She yeah. was so soft-spoken, and she said, this is going to be hard to hear, yeah. but we have to do a C-section. This yeah. is what's happening, and it was just, oh, it was so hard. Yeah. But anyway, we did it. It's good. I have the most perfect extra human being living in my life right now, despite all the crazy things she's getting into now. Oh, yeah. So she's perfect. Yeah. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Um... But, so, I guess I was going to ask you what made you want to be a vagina advocate. You answered that. That's what made me want to be a vagina advocate. You are so well-rounded, though. It's I, not it's just bizarre. birth. <laughs> well, because here's the thing. Because I was listening to other um, podcasts around, you know, uh, what to expect with birth and stuff. Mm-hmm. And people would joke and say, oh, when you have the baby, the one thing you don't want to do is look down at your vagina. You're no, not going to want to look at it. Absolutely look I, at that, it. I was terrified to look at and mm. I, mine did dilate a lot, so it was oh, a yeah. little funky afterwards. Yeah. Um, they always are. There's this weird, like, thought that if you have a C-section, it somehow preserves everything. It doesn't. No, the pregnancy ruins it all. It's all already broken. Yeah. It's, but that's the thing. The <laughs> vagina. It's, it's not. I'm it's being It's resilient, sarcastic. though. You oh, know 100%. that. 100%. Well, yeah. look at a penis. Okay. This is for you guys. This is so <laughs> penises are external and why mm-hmm. this is why we like don't question it. You you've seen a freezing cold out of a cold lake penis before. Yes. Versus an erect penis. I love the Seinfeld episode where these George are, was like, I was yes. in the pool, I was in the pool. These are two very different things, but for some yeah. reason we doubt our inability to stretch and tent as people with vaginas. Mm-hmm. as women and our ability to dilate and deliver and do all these things like we question this it seems like is that even because it's all internal we never question erection or think that that's mm-hmm. you know it's the same we're same same equipment it's just inside yeah it's amazing though that you have such a, a well-rounded view on the vagina because and that's uh, this is like kind of later in this epi- episode but I think we're so harsh on our vaginas. Forget having a kid. Mm -hmm. I think as a woman, myself, I've always been um, 
not in, well, I guess insecure is the right word Mm -hmm. because you think, oh, I have this extra, like my labia is a little bit longer. Oh, Mm -hmm. I should probably go get that snipped. No, don't do that. Oh, no, I'm not. Oh, no, 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 I'm not. I know now. I know. (laughs) Leave your labia alone. They're beautiful. You're getting rid of the, you're getting rid of all the good stuff. Like if they're getting cotton zippers and stuff, I mean, like, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Use your discretion. But. Yeah. There's and you know what there are some cases where some people do need to do that and there's nothing wrong yeah, with if that. If it's a problem for them truly, a like personal it's, yeah, thing. if it's causing issues for you yourself, then absolutely. But it's not. It's it's a societal, not mm-hmm. even societal. It's like a thing that's been put out in the adult industry that this is what an ideal vagina looks like. Mm-hmm. But it's just, I mean, how, what advice would you give to, I mean, a woman prior to having children Mm. and a woman who's had a child, like, how do you um, fall in love with your vagina? I think looking at it is the first step. Becoming aware of what your vulva looks like, what your vagina looks like. Maybe figure out what a vulva is. So your vulva is actually the entire package. Your vagina is the canal. So it would be like calling your face your throat, like the way that we talk about vagina, And so when it's your face, so your vulva is Mm -hmm. the all-encompassing term that's everything. Did you guys know this? I think I've forgotten about it. I'll admit it. I've heard this before, but because I use vagina like everybody else uses the word vagina, I'm like, oh yeah, vulva. Well, now you've even had people like, (laughs) but shouldn't you be the vulva blog? And I'm like, but I talk about vaginas too all day. Like, I actually do talk about the canal portion of the vulva. Plenty. So... So yeah, so the vulva is the the whole thing, and it's really fascinating. Our vulvas totally change as we age, mm-hmm. as we grow, as we we might go through phases where we love being furry, and we might go through phases where we love being clean shaven. Take a you look at that. You just did a whole series on that yes. on your Instagram. I loved it. I was living for it. <laughs> yeah, so that's super interesting. But vulvas also look different whether they are aroused or not, and that's something else that people don't always realize. Like when we call. It are you know a flower or a yoni or any of those types of opening like vulvas they change color they get puffier you have the vaginal tenting you might have everything open up and blossom like a flower and if you've never witnessed this for yourself like you're not going to treat it like the gift that it is that you're presenting to other people and like oh why not take your time to like I appreciate love, yourself I right love my vagina now yes. and I'll tell you why <laughs> It is because I recognized it and acknowledged its presence. But for so long, I would never acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. why. Like We aren't taught to. Yeah, that hasn't been that normalized. Would make sense. Our moms did not sit us down and say, I'm be going to tell weird. you about orgasms and yeah. pleasure. They didn't do that. I want to be that kind of mom. I Are am. You? I was going to say. children. Please do it. Please That's awesome. That kind of mom. Yeah. I'm sure you've done an episode on how to talk to your kids about. I have one coming up. Okay, so good. Some of this really good. You and should it's, do yeah, that. Yeah, so it's recorded. It's just not up yet. Yeah, I mean, my daughter's not old enough to know anything. But she recognizes now. But that's the thing. Like, she it's knows. That you start right from the get-go, too. Even, like, as they hop in the bath and they want to explore it's mm-hmm. what's your attitude around that and what terminology yeah. you're using. Are you teaching words like vulva and vagina and, you know, going through proper anatomical terms? I think it's so important, um, but it is hilarious to hear my daughters, like, throw the word vulva around <laughs> and scrotum That's around and testicles word. around and <laughs> all these others. And are like, they oh. of age where it's like... My oldest is 12. Okay. I have a nine-year-old and they are both... They 
pretty much know all the things. My 12-year-old especially, we kind of sat her down and we're like, look, you're an intermediate school. The kids you're around are joking about this crap. They have no idea what they're talking about. We're going to let and let you know what they're Do, talking uh, about. Do her teachers know that you're April Davis of the Vagina Blog? <laughs> I have no because idea. Because it might, it, it might save you a trip to the office. I know, for real. <laughs> Your daughter's on the soapbox oh, talking about. <laughs> they have said so many things, so many people. Well, and it's I've taught maturation at the elementary school, so they're pretty familiar with, like... Menstruation? Yeah, just maturation as a whole, like the whole program they do in fifth grade. So the elementary school knows. So when my my nine-year-old says stuff, they're like, it's fine. It's her mom. That's awesome. (laughs) You're so awesome. That is really cool. Um, I was actually going to ask you, um, you know, in regards to the vagina, its purpose and pleasure and all that stuff, Mm -hmm. um, you've already kind of referenced some of these terms, but what are some common terms that you've heard to identify the vagina. I like go back and forth on if I like the word pussy. I was gonna say, and also, what is your favorite word? <sighs> so yoni. That's I love one. Yoni. That's a newer Yoni's, term. It's actually it's like older, but very old. But I feel like it's like coming back into the fashion. Yeah, you it's know? resurfacing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think we're seeing yoni more. Pussy's just a fun one to like throw around. And I have a cat, and so I always call her <laughs> my pussy. And people are just like, oh. <laughs> I love the word pussy. I hate how it's used, though, to tear yeah. men down for not being courageous. Or oh, I have such problems with that. Because I'm like, why? Yeah, but, like, it's why would you insult. think that your favorite thing is a derogatory term? Mm-hmm. But it's all about, like, I just, the more you start to see how our culture hates women, mm-hmm. the more you start to see how our culture hates women. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of our derogatory terms and things that we say, like a cocksucker... Men oh, love man. having their cocked, their cock sucked. Why are we calling each other cocksuckers? Yeah. Why is that a derogatory term? Yeah. Because I'm a cocksucker. Is that a bad thing? Is that a bad thing? Yeah, I have a pussy. I love being a cocksucker. <laughs> Why is this a derogatory term? Yeah. It's because it's the role of a woman. Yeah. So, like, you start to see how we, like, so casually hate women in our society. The how the generations. Yes. And, deep. and all the generations before us were trained to hate women mm-hmm. and compete with women and like judge women. And yes. Everything. It's so disturbing. And so, all these terms that we have for the vagina and then the fact that they're derogatory terms for men taint. is, like, so sad. Yeah. There's, I think taint is, taint, I don't like taint. I don't like the C word. I'm not even going to say the C word. Cunt. You can say it. <laughs> I just, I, there, yeah, there's so many negative words, but pussy's definitely, like, my favorite. Mm. And I do like yoni. Yeah. I don't know if I could use that in a sexy way. Yeah. I like punani because it rhymes oh. with Dasani, and it's in the WAP song. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Punani, mm-hmm. I appreciate I'm that. like, because it's wet. I learned vulvas and new terms for the vagina, too, so... <laughs> That's, that's cool. Um, where do you think these, so I mean, you did just say where the terms came from. So mm-hmm. some of those terms really, uh, the C word, that one, do you think that came from an insult? I don't oh know. my gosh, I used to know where this came from. There's a Netflix documentary about all the swears. <gasps> that's the funniest! It's so Nicholas they Cage? Did, yeah, but they did oh that, didn't they, that word? No, they did. Mm, I swear they, they did. did. No, they did bitch. They did the F word too, which I thought oh, was, was so good. Funny. But yeah, no, I I used to know the origin story of it, and I can't remember it now. I'm looking it up. Um, Nicholas Cage, um, like, it has a whole documentary about swears. It's so on the funny. Netflix. It's great. So hmm. funny. <laughs> Interesting. 
Um, so just it's like a sheer, German word, but yeah. it's also That's, from I, uh, the goddess uh, originating in India. That's what I thought. I was the like, goddess I swear hunting. it was a good term, and then we turned it into... Referring to vulvas. Mm-hmm. Ooh, can I start calling it my cunte? Absolutely. That sounds <laughs> so, <laughs> so, like, yeah. glamorous. My cunte. Exactly. I'm going to start saying that now. Exactly. I love that. <laughs> it's like that idea of, like, reclaiming words that yeah. people yes. try to But that sounds back. like the velvet purse that it is. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I love Oh, Shakespeare purse. used the word cunt as yes. well. Mm-hmm. It's um, an old school. A lot of them are. Mm-hmm. It's interesting yeah. that we've hung on to the ones that we have. Mm-hmm. We just come in and out of the fashion. <laughs> and we warp them to whatever we want this yeah. week. <laughs> exactly. Interesting. I will say, though, real quick about the word pussy. Mm-hmm. Whenever a woman uses the word pussy, I'm like, oh, yes, I love it. Yes. Mm-hmm. But then when a man uses the word pussy, mm-hmm. I'm like, ew. I- I think I like that. I don't know. Do I like that? Yeah. So, yeah, that's the feeling. (laughs) This is where cunt became offensive. According to this article through Cosmopolitan, it says, Cunt hasn't always been offensive. In the Middle Ages, cunt was simply a descriptive word and can be found in medical texts. Mm. There was even a, I'm going to screw this word up, a graphic Cunt Lane in London in the early 13th century. The word cunt only started to become offensive in the early modern periods when Puritans started mm. to stigmatize sexuality. Oh, sounds about right. Puritan. Which that is, makes sense. yeah, it makes <laughs> sense why Americans are like so, so deeply offended by it. Of course, we are. I lived in Germany for five years mm. and just sex in general was not. The it wasn't. I mean, I mean, you could walk through the red light district. Mm-hmm. People think the red light district is isolated just to Amsterdam. No. It's all over Europe, really. I <laughs> Nuremberg, Biden. I mean, there's no red light district. Sex is just so open. Mm-hmm. Sex work is not a shameful thing. They get the same benefits. Everything. Mm-hmm. America. It's just we. Like you had said, we throw these terms around, and the vagina is an offensive thing. Totally. When it's so empowering. It's our Puritan roots, though. Which is why so many of the cultural things that I think we do see here locally in Utah, they're actually really across the entire United Mm -hmm. States, because that's our heritage. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We we were settled by Puritans and, like, capitalists, essentially, and it it merged, and it didn't go well, and Mm -hmm. here we are. Here we are. (laughs) We tend to hyper-focus on where we're at and mm-hmm. forget that it's definitely something that is happening across the country. It's yep. not just the Utah... It's not um, just a Utah thing. It's it's everywhere. Yeah. So, ugh. Well, it's, it's really interesting. So I'm from Las Vegas, and mm-hmm. I grew up there, and I spent the first 14 years of my life. And that is the place where it's like Sin City and mm-hmm. sex and brothels are legal everywhere except for two cities in the state of Nevada, but no one talks about female pleasure. No. It is always centered around male pleasure and everything like that. And so, like, in a lot of ways, it's so much worse there Mm -hmm. because women are seen a lot more as objects, Mm -hmm. and there's all of these strip clubs that use very derogatory terms towards Mm -hmm. women Mm -hmm. because all we care about is male pleasure. And Mm -hmm. that in the Sin City, we're used to all of this, like, sexual normality. We're not used to actual sexual normality it is the like glamorization of male pleasure absolutely they love the pussy mm-hmm. but they use it as an offensive term mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's it it's crazy so how do we as women take back our vaginas and own it 
would you have any advice on how to do that? You I, said to I just think look spend at some it time, and spend some time with it. And I, I think that's, that's probably the most important thing. Like get to know what it looks like, get to know what you like. Um, even if you're uncomfortable, some people are really uncomfortable with the idea of masturbation. Mm-hmm. You don't have to masturbate in order to understand your anatomy and to understand what does feel good, what doesn't feel good. This also doesn't have to be a solo activity. If you're more comfortable with your partner, Involve your partner as mm-hmm. part of this. Like, they can absolutely be part of it. Like, it- Do you think there's hope for the orgasm list? I do. Um, but there, it's, it's so tricky. There is a population of women mm-hmm. that do not orgasm. Yeah. And that's a reality. It does not mean that they can't still have a sexually fulfilling life. Mm-hmm. But that is something that's real. Yeah. It's rare. So my frustration, I think, is because we are so secretive about sexuality, because we don't talk about female pleasure, uh, oftentimes we have girls growing up into women thinking that this is just a favor that you do for your male partner and intercourse is the main event and anything other than intercourse doesn't count Mm -hmm. um, because intercourse is somehow superior to absolutely everything else. And at at the end of the day men having like ejaculating is really the goal and then it's over and then it's over whatever happens happened and like that's the goal and so because we grew up with this understanding we don't prioritize learning about sex Mm -hmm. like i've had some people like well i don't want to like indulge in like being lustful Mm -hmm. i'm like why this is your partner and this is your like sex life this isn't indulging in being lustful this is like learning how to love and enjoy sex and have like a pleasurable experience that's worth prioritizing but i don't think we hear that very often that it should be a priority because like when we decide that we maybe want to like like like, let's say i want to start weightlifting Mm -hmm. because i wanted to get stronger because i want to build muscle because i want to do whatever um I'm going to go check out books or buy books about it. I'm going to listen to podcasts about it. I'm going to, I'm going to invest my time and my Mm -hmm. energy because I think that this is worthy of my time and energy. How often are we talking about sex? Like it's worthy of our time and energy and investment and learning more about it and having a better sex life. We don't. No, we definitely don't. And I've heard um, men make this comment where it's like a flex for them. And I think it's great. But they'll say, I always make sure she gets hers first before I do, mm-hmm. before I finish. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's called. Even in the industry that I work in, when the when it's over, it's when the finisher happens. Mm-hmm. And that's over. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah. yeah. And it's so hard because I do think, actually, you had this one section on your um, Instagram highlight reel. I highly recommend you guys check out April Davis's vagina blog. She's got a highlight called bad advice. And <laughs> one of them is, should I fake my orgasms? <laughs> Keep in mind, this is all satire. It's not, <laughs> this is bad advice. <laughs> she doesn't, she's not really telling you to blast classical music yeah. and have sex with your kids. Yeah. <laughs> like in the other room. Yeah. As loud as you can. Um, but you had said, of course you don't want to hurt their ego. Mm-hmm. And, I wonder how many women, because I can, I know for myself, I have faked. Here's the thing my my partner knows. He knows when I'm faking. Mm. And here's why. Because I was able to orgasm prior to us getting married. Like, I already kind of knew how to do that. Mm -hmm. And he knows for me it pulsates. Mm -hmm. It'll, just like when a man ejaculates, it Mm -hmm. pulsates. 
And I don't know if that's for all vaginas. Is that all vaginas? Um, when you I orgasm? think so. It would just depend, too, on, like, your muscle tone and things like that. Yeah. So, so he knows. Yeah. If I'm, like, faking it, he'll know. Because he'll stop and, like, which is so annoying. So now I'm trying to master the Kegel. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, how can I make this go? But it's like, I wonder how many women um, aren't... It's like they don't achieve that orgasm because, like you had said, it's the intercourse. That's the big thing. Mm-hmm. And then it's done. Mm-hmm. I mean, would you advocate for self-pleasure? Yeah. Don't fake. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Ever. I don't so fake. So three times now. So okay, that's good. not true. I just everybody. did. Yeah. So, so, and there's nothing wrong with high-fiving your partner and being like, I just didn't get there today. I've pulled out my vibrator. Yeah, same. And like, hey, let's finish me off. Or like... There's times, too, where we'll be going into sex, and I'll be like, here's the deal. I don't think I'm going to be able to get get out of my head right now. I have, like, five lists going on. I have other things I'm worried about. I have this and this. You're in the mood. I'm game to play, but if I don't get there, Mm -hmm. you can't feel bad. And you also can't take forever trying to get me there. You have a good one. (laughs) Because I don't know if I'm going to get there today. I need you to just accept this and have fun, okay? Yeah, mine struggles with that, too, where he'll, like, think, okay, well, if I just do it a certain way. But in my mind, I'm, like, I read somewhere where a woman will sit there laying there and outwardly, it looks like she's enjoying it, but in her head, she's thinking about a cabinet door she left open downstairs. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a head game. It really is for everybody. So yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely a head game. I have at, um, I have when it's finished. I have pulled out, so I don't have a, a Hitachi, mm. but I have pulled out my toy, and I'm like, I'm going to finish myself. And it yeah. took him a second. He had to check his ego at the door. Totally. It's not nothing you. You did nothing wrong. Yeah. It just didn't do it for me. I know what I want. This like it didn't yeah, do it for me. That's yeah. Exactly. That's the thing. Like, what is wrong with this? Especially if this is a long-term partner. Cause I've had people DM me and they've said, like, I've been faking for like 17 years. I believe 20 it. years, 10 years. Like they have multiple kids with these people and they've been faking orgasms the whole time. What do I do? Oh, so hard. Like, do you never do? ever uh, never lie in the first place is really so prevention is key. Do all that. Yeah, because like my tombstone will read, "Do not fake orgasms." Like that's going on the back. Like don't I stamp on do that. Don't fake orgasms. Yeah, there was a third one and it was really good. I have a whole plan. Anyway, <laughs> don't fake orgasms. Are you is have a vulva? Enough. Like yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> as your statue. Yes. Tomb. <laughs> So what do you do when you've been faking it for 17 years? Do you it's tell your partner? It's time to come clean, and you're probably going to need to involve a therapist at that point because you've been lying to your partner for 17 years. It's not worth it. And this is what I tell people. Like, this will eventually destroy your relationship. Can you even imagine mm-hmm. if you found out that your partners had been faking the entire time? Yeah. It would break you. Yeah. It is such a big break. Whereas if you just high five him and go, I didn't get there, but that's cool. This was fun and I still really like you. I've literally high fived before. Same. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> like, all right, well babe, I'm going for a shower. Yeah. Great work. Go team. <laughs> Good job, team. Good game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, it's there's nothing wrong with, with doing that and, like, not perpetuating that everyone has to orgasm every single time you have sex. And not perpetuating that that's the only key to pleasure, too. Like, sex can be very pleasurable and not necessarily involve an orgasm. Really, pleasure should always be the measure. It, I feel like it goes both ways, even for men. Mm-hmm. Even if a man does not finish. Yeah. 
you know, that's it. Like, he doesn't have to finish either. No. There's so much pressure to finish. Yeah. I wanted to say one thing, you know, the high five. I read somewhere somebody said after sex, the best thing they ever said to their partner was, well done, Malfoy. Oh, no. I did that, I did that one time in my partner, because we're huge Harry Potter fans. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, it was in my head and I had to... <laughs> I think that's Snape, right? Yeah. Snape said yeah. that to Malfoy. Were you dressed up as Snape at the time? You can no. Tell. Here's a sponsor moment I never thought I'd ever be speaking on. Because if you know me, I'm not a beard person. Well, I used to not be a beard person. And let me tell you why. It's not because I don't like the look of the beard. It is because I don't like the fucking smell of the beard. Ugh, it's like when you see a dog and the dog is so cute, you know? You just want to go pet the dog and you get close and the dog stinks. That's what beards are to me. But it's been, I've, it's, fuck this guy. His name is Dirty Irish. He goes by Dirty Irish. He changed my whole perception on beards. And I'll tell you why. One, he's got the most badass beard you will ever see in your life. But guess what? It doesn't stink. And it is so fucking neat and clean. And I asked him, I said, what are you doing to your beard? Because I have not seen this in anyone else who has a beard. You are the only person that I actually am like, oh my God, I love your beard. And he told me, he said, well, I just, I make my own products and I put it in my, you know, I do my thing. And I'm like, oh my God, you need to start a beard line and come to find out. He actually was already in the process of doing it. It took him a while because these products are handmade custom beard products and i'm telling you right now the man looks like a badass on their website i'm pretty sure it says welcome to your first step to badassery and the products i mean there's so many options you've got balms oils different scents earth irish clover really just amazing scents that are infused into the products and when it's combined with your pheromones, it produces a result that true femininity is drawn to like a magnet. And I can speak from my own experience as a woman who's not a beard person. I was drawn to this uh, Dirty Irish. Check them out, dirtyirishbrand.com. You'll thank me later. You'll thank me when you have a woman choosing to sit on your face because of how good your beard smells, you'll thank me later dirtyirishbrand.com I was fully nude <laughs> well that enough like go get the towel <laughs> anyway but yeah it's just oh, that's it's so frustrating though that man, the faking and, and all that I don't know. That's that's hard. Definitely get a therapist for that one. Yeah, if you're in that deep. But, you know, if you're not in that deep, come clean and stop faking. Like, that's... I just can't advocate for that enough because you're not only lying to your partner, you're kind of lying to yourself. And it it's not going to help build a healthy relationship He's with your partner keep doing or the wrong with your thing own sexuality. You you're just reinforcing that they're doing it wrong. The behavior. I... So, I... There's no secret. I work in the adult industry... And I had an agent tell me when I was agent, kind of looking around trying to find an agent. He told me, he said, you are not getting paid to have sex. You are getting paid to perform. Mm -hmm. And I wonder sometimes if the reason why you have a lot of women faking it 
it's not because of anything they're doing wrong. Mm -hmm. I do wonder if it's the male partner doing something wrong. And we talked about this with these girls here in the car. Um, I was telling them, um, so when you had said, you don't have to have an orgasm to enjoy the sex. Okay. So when you see the jackhammering sex oh, yeah. in porn, yeah, and that is fake. That's usually when the big orgasm happens. Yeah. Now, granted, it probably does. For me, that's not when the orgasm happens. No. Do I not enjoy that? No, I do enjoy it. Totally. That's the part where I'm like, I can enjoy the sex mm-hmm. without the orgasm. That's yeah. like when it gets awesome, and then I can still have my orgasm at another time. For me personally, and again, I'm not speaking for all women, but it's like this. Um, intent like the int uh i'm over here doing like the hand thing like the whole with the finger going in it's like this intentional put in and pull out like it's just the way it's rubbing and mm-hmm. it's intentional and not super fast and jackhammery uh, you're covering more surface space yeah. with intention yeah it's very close so in porn porn is great for me um but I know that they don't f- go fully in because for the camera, it has to be partially out. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I'm thinking now to myself, maybe there's just so much disconnect mm-hmm. with um, women feeling like they have to fake it mm-hmm. at certain points because that's usually when an orgasm happens. So I'm just going to insert it here. So then you're not telling your partner, hey, I actually prefer it a little bit slower with intention. Mm-hmm. And then he thinks he's doing something great. So you're orgasming and then he's going to finish because it's so overwhelming and exciting and fun. And he's done. And then you're just kind of like 17 years later, you've just been the same pattern. Doing that for 17. Because you have to, it's it's the perfect storm. You have <laughs> women who have no understanding of their own bodies, have no idea what stimulates them or helps them orgasm because they're not comfortable with that. And then you also have men you can't expect them to understand the female body no, either. they don't know they don't know either so really yeah. as a partnerships you should be like going in curious and i think so often we already have scripts when we go into these things um the other thing that people don't realize is a lot of our sexuality is learned so when we're viewing things like pornography mm-hmm. we're learning yep <laughs> and pornography is not real no so you're learning a part, Disney, no. like a, something that is as legitimate as Tangled. Yeah. yeah. And so it's visually stimulating. Totally. Like, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's your teaching through that. But and it's so, not the, it's not. It's not real. Right. It's so just, it's, it's frustrating because it reinforces yeah. this in their mind. And so that can create these scripts of like, but what I saw and what arouses me and this relationship that I have with this isn't working in real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Weird. It's you know? so true. It is so, 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 so true. Yeah. It's the visuals great, but the action, uh, just the whole idea, the big bang, bang, bang. Just, it's not, yeah. Get a therapist. Exactly. <laughs> Come clean. Yeah. C-U-M. Yeah. Come clean. <laughs> that's how you need to. Exactly. That's how you need to and start coming that. for crying out loud. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I think we also give the man too much power to make him think that he's in charge of the orgasm mm-hmm. as well. Um, it's just so ironic to me, you know, that. They shouldn't be. No, they really you shouldn't. You should absolutely be in charge of your own orgasm. And that's yeah. another message that we kind of send out there that like. I think especially with our culture and the purity culture that is so prevalent, what we see is girls growing up, their parents on their sexuality, and then their religious leader owns their sexuality as well as their parents, and then they get married and their husbands own their sexuality. 
at no point do they feel responsible for their own sexuality. And so yeah. what frustrates me is people will say, well, I'm not orgasming. Okay, well, do you know how to make yourself orgasm? No, I don't do that. Okay, well, what do you expect? Someone who is not you, who doesn't even have the same anatomy as you, to figure that out? Yeah. And you're not going to say a word to this person about yeah. it because that would be awkward to say things like, I like it when you do this, or you should do more of that, or actually I don't love that, or I didn't orgasm this time, but it's okay, we can try again next time. Like, we don't openly communicate, and this harms not only our our sex lives, this also can be, like, talking to your partner about sex is incredibly important, because if you're well-versed in talking to your partner, you're going to be a lot less awkward talking to your kids. Mm-hmm. The more we talk to our kids about it, the more we teach them, the more protected that they are. Because the first thing that someone that goes to groom your child is looking for is if they understand their own anatomy, if they have terms and knowledge about this, they're not going to, they're going to move on to the next kid because they're like, oh, this child would be comfortable describing what happened and has words to to describe it. This is not the kid for me to go after. I'm going to go look for another one who has no idea. That is such a huge thing I've never thought about. So people don't connect all these dots. We've got to start talking more openly about all of this about our bodies in Mm -hmm. general just everything yeah it's I my husband I know he can agree with me on this I for the longest time I don't know when I started doing it but he would ask me oh did I make you come and I've corrected him and I said I made me come Mm -hmm. I did Mm mm-hmm you assisted me, mm-hmm. but I, I ultimately made myself come. And that's, for me, my personal thing is I know it's a head thing for me. Mm. I just have to kind of relax and get to that state of, you know, what is something. I love Fifty Shades of Grey. Sorry. Mm-hmm. It's such the, it's the corniest thing. But I do like even reading the Cosmopolitan, like, naughty snippets, stuff mm-hmm. like that, and just... Really, it's it's such a, a it's a strengthening thing. It's the muscle, the brain. Mm-hmm. You're really like it all ties you're in. You're training and, yourself. It's thought work essentially. You're it training is. your brain to be able to like go into that place, get into your body, get into what feels good. Mm-hmm. Allow yourself to like expound on that and really get into like that head. I close my eyes. Oh yeah. When I get there. Yeah. And again, you know, porn is great. For the most part, the woman's eyes are open mm. the whole time. For for the most part, it mm. is, especially during the orgasm. For me, mm-hmm. my eyes are closed mm-hmm. because I am in a very sensual place in my head, and I'm just releasing myself, and it feels amazing. So I never let him own that. Mm. <laughs> sometimes I will because sometimes he does, but it's me. That's me. That That's me owning my vagina and its pleasure. Is that selfish? Is that wrong? No, because I, I think that it's, I mean, it's... I don't know. I I think it's just up to you, really. Yeah. I mean, a lot happens. It's great. My partner does stuff, too. I've done with people who've done amazing things, too. But Mm. it's I notice for me, it's me getting myself there. Yeah. And that's just... But it requires effort from anyone. Mm -hmm. You know, I think also we think if someone is orgasmic and has orgasms, that somehow either their partner is just absolutely incredible or, you know... We don't realize, like, so so often it's because we've put the effort in. We've put the work in. We've learned. We've grown. We've studied. We've, you know, experimented. We've played with things. We've, you know, and so it's okay to, like, attribute that to what it is. So you did a recent post about the Hitachi magic wand. Yes. I almost bought this wand. Mm-hmm. I was in a sex shop, and uh, there was, have you heard of the wand? Mm-hmm. 
So there was the wand, and then there was the Hitachi magic wand. Mm-hmm. I could not get past the old classic look. It it looked like it belonged in the Brave Little Toaster cartoon movie. Oh, it is a 1970s <laughs> so classic. Like, it is vintage. I mean, it even has, like, it's now got a cord so you can charge it, mm-hmm. it but there's some that still have the cord where you have to oh, have it plugged yeah, in. No, mine plugs into the wall. It Does it come off the plug? No. You plug it in. It's just a long cord. It you got an extension dies. cord? It never dies. It going. You never have to remember, like, to put batteries in it. You don't have to recharge it. You can just plug her in. I even asked the the employee, I said, do you have a different color? Something not white. And he said, no, that's the look. That's the one. And I said, it looks so dirty. Like, it belongs Mm -hmm. in the DI. The Goodwill. Mm -hmm. I couldn't get past it. So I ended up going with the wand. Mm -hmm. It it came in this beautiful black matte color. Mm -hmm. I love it. It's my favorite thing. I brought it. I told them. I said, just so you guys know, we're going to be gone until Sunday. I did bring my vibrator. Yeah. Um, Can't make it that long. <laughs> and you do go over the different sizes, yeah. which I do love because um, I've spoken to other women and they've said, oh, I hate vibrators. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they've used the wand and they they say, oh, I love that one. Yeah. I, so really different size vibrators for different vaginas. It's not so, one size fits all. No, it is not. And especially with toys. And everyone is so individual. And there's so many different styles of toys. So wands are traditionally, they vibrate. The Hitachi's fun. And I just talked about it in my, like on a reel. But the original is strong enough that really you can put it on your pubic bone and just vibrate your pubic bone. And Ooh. so then that kind of like escalates into the whole clitoral area. Like it is a fun that. rumbly toy. But for some people, it's too much. So I'm like, do it over clothes. Like this is kind of a fun one that like is great for like a quickie over clothes if you want to. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many options. Um, Hitachi does make a cordless rechargeable. Okay. So and it's a, a smaller size. The settings are lower. That's not nearly as strong as like the plug into the wall one. <laughs> but the fun thing that many people don't realize too is um wands are really fun for um the male body as well. They're great for penis owners. So my partner uses my wand mm-hmm. in his perineum. Mm-hmm. So you can do it there and there's actually so there's a toy called the B Vibe that's specifically for that that has like head attachments that go with it. That's oh. made for like anal stimulation mm-hmm. in that whole area and it's a fun they have a kit and it comes with like a plug and like all sorts of neat things to like go with it if you're wanting to start and exploring like anal. Mm-hmm. And so it's hey, a good like Yeah, I was gonna say that's <laughs> a really good one to kind of like ease into some things. Because you really do have to kind of ease into that. Yeah, you don't dive into anal. <laughs> no. <laughs> don't. That's called sodomy. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So that's, so that's, that's a fun. So there's ones that go with that. There's also um, vacuum vibrators are, like, getting to be really big. The so suction. Ones. Yeah, like the Womanizer, I think, was one of the, the main ones. They have ones that have, you can, it's internal and external at the same time, or it's just external. Some of them vibrate and suck. Others just, like, do the vacuum motion. That's a very fun toy. Um, I've had several people message me and say, like, I'd never had an orgasm before. Now I absolutely have orgasms. Because it, fe- I mean, it feels like oral. I'll have to Endlessly, try that. With no you guilt involved. The they're suckers, really fun. No. So they're, they're, really they're a fun, fun toy. I I'm also, an internal. Well, Kate, have you done glass? Have, but my wand works on me externally. Oh, yeah. Have you done glass? Like, have you ever used glass dildos? No. If you like internal, you would love. Glass is fun. Uh, that sounds so dangerous. Oh, it's... Yeah, it is. <laughs> Don't get rowdy with it, okay? <laughs> okay. But they're fun because you can do a lot of temperature play. 
Oh. So you could have like an ice yeah. bath and then also a hot bath nice. and like dip it in, use it, dip it and like change things up. It's really fun for all sorts of like manual stimulation and stuff because glass is very sensitive to your wow. body temperature and other temperature. So I love a lot of those for like manual stimulation. Um, the Ioba is probably one of my favorites for internal. So it's a, a I don't know. It's not, it's phallic, but it's not penis, you know? Is and it then like it has, a woo no, it's just a like a like a wand essentially, but for internal use. Oh, and it has this. yeah, it has a pearl on it that does this. So when you put it in, it has like this little pulsating oh pearl gosh, that's great. So that. the G spot's really just the backside <laughs> of the clitoris, but um, it, it we're gonna have to drop some Ioba. I'm <laughs> telling you, they just and they're all of their toys are completely silent. I've never oh, all yeah. of them. That's been just, embarrassing. They just came out their wand, and they also have a little handheld that does as a bead underneath the silicone that does this uh-huh. so you just put that right on the outside of your clit good to go oh my gosh i've just learned so many things i'll oh, tell yeah. you what it's so awkward so we're we're openly okay with masturbation in mm-hmm. our house mm-hmm. we we've uh, crossed that it was not always that way mm-hmm. i took it very hard knowing mm-hmm. that he would do that i don't know i'm in such a different space now i can't even put myself back into that mindset yeah i don't know how i got there or here but it's funny. So I have the wand, and it's so loud. <laughs> oh, totally. Everyone knows what it's you're doing. It's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I know I know he's going into a meeting across the hall because yeah. he works from home. And I'm like, okay, I can turn my content down, but my wand is like... <gasps> oh, I know. <laughs> vacuuming? Yes. That's what I'm yep. doing in here. So, uh-huh. <laughs> it's just, and it's like, we don't... He doesn't care, but for me still, I'm like, uh, you know, I do kind of like to keep this part of my life private. Mm. Um, anyway, it's just kind of embarrassing. Do you have any, um, lube recommendations since we are talking about? Oh, yeah. So I, I love Toka. It's an oil-based lubricant. It's CBD. Um, I actually have a podcast interview with the creator. She's incredible and knows everything that there is to know about that whole world. And it was just so knowledgeable. Their product is so high quality. They have two different kinds. One's actually very good for anal uh, stimulation and anal lubrication, anal lubrication. And then the other one is great for vaginal. They both work for both, but one's kind of meant for one. It's one's good meant to for have the other. that. Cause I've noticed some totally. things and I know with my cycle, sometimes certain lubes don't work for that time frame either. Yeah. So I, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I that's normal. That's totally normal. And yeah. Faraya is another really good one. That's CBD. And then I love cocoa new. If you're just looking for a good all around lube, they have a water-based and oil-based and then a hemp oil-based and all of them are fantastic. Anything to avoid with lubes. I know, um, edible. <laughs> <laughs> no flavors, no weird scents, no weird long chemical lists. Lube should expire. So if your lube doesn't expire or turn colors on you, it's got a lot of crap in it. I'm going to show you the lube I have. I yeah. want your thoughts on it. Because okay. it's a sugar-free lube. It's got like a bunch of know this, know that, no da da I want to hear your thoughts. We'll okay. have to okay. after this. Yeah. I'm curious to know what you have to say about that one. Because I well, really like so it. So the thing you tell people too, I'm like, get on Think Dirty. I'm on that. It. I scan yeah. everything. It's scan embarrassing it and take store. a look at your lube. I'll do that. Yeah, because people don't think to do that. Good Clean loves another one too that's got great Good ingredients. Good Clean, you can get that at you a, Target, yeah. Walmart, like so it's that's in another the green one. bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that 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 one's good. But no Kway, no, no. Astroglide. Also, consider always carrying your own lube. This is a big mistake that I see with people, um, especially if they're like dating. They don't carry their own condoms and they don't carry their own lube. This goes for the lifestyle. I'm an advocate for the lifestyle yes. too. So this is exactly the problem that we have is when we have people expecting 
everyone else to have lube and condoms at their house. They're now using all sorts of different brands of condoms, all sorts of different brands of lubes. You're introducing a whole host of new things to your vagina. Your pH balance is going to go... Crazy. Your vagina likes same, same. And it doesn't even always like that all the time. Mm-hmm. And so if if you are with multiple people, have your own lube and have your own condoms. That's amazing advice. <laughs> that is such <laughs> I advice. can't tell you. Find a lube that works great for your body and doesn't inflame you or cause problems. Same with condoms. That's and awesome. keep those with you where you go. That is awesome. Because that is one thing I do notice is people don't, mm-hmm. don't carry their own lubes. And mm-hmm. I carry my own lube. Um... <laughs> this has been so fun. I feel like it's like I had this whole thing over here in front of me, and you've just done so great. Um, gosh, I'm talking about vaginas all day. Right. Long. <laughs> um, well, here's one thing I want to ask you. So mm. I know, based on what I've read, that um, soapy baths and bath bombs are no-nos, but then you have these stores selling them to women like Victoria's Secret. <sighs> this is what's so tricky with some of those. And little girls too. They target yes. bath bombs to little girls. If you are sensitive to bath bombs, don't use them. If you're not, maybe just, like, don't be shoving them up your vagina. You know what I mean? Like, let's just take it a little easy with it, you know? But I, that's what, it's tricky, because some of these things, it's really easy to get caught up in the, like, is anything safe to use then? (laughs) You know? And so for me, I'm like, I like to use a bath bomb, like, every once in a while and take a bath. I'm not giving that up. And it doesn't make me break out. I don't have issues. I don't end up with infections. I don't... So I use You're bath bombs. You're doing daily, maybe. That's exactly. Problem, this but... is when we get into problem areas. And it's the same. People get really caught up in, like, wanting to use special washes and other things like oh, this for their vagina. No. no, 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 no. No. There's no need for it. Your vagina. So the outside, the vulva area. Use your normal soap. Use a body I safe soap. I just kind of, like, go, like, just around. Yeah, just around. You do not need to be going all up. Only water really needs to be going up in the labia and anywhere near the actual vagina, like the vaginal opening. You don't need to be using a whole bunch of soap up in there. You should never be douching with anything ever, 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 ever. <laughs> Leave it alone. So let it, do, let it do its thing. So in terms of bath bombs, in terms of bubble bath, in terms of all that type of stuff, if it doesn't bother you and you consider it body safe or very close to it, it's probably fine. If it's a problem, then it's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I had a thought and then it like left my brain. Um, I was going to ask you... It'll come back to me later. Mm. I promise you, you're going to be long gone, and I'm going to be like, <laughs> that's what it was! This one thing. And it was like, I was holding on to it like a cliffhanger. Your vagina does not need to smell like a summer's eve. Yeah, it really doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, your vagina will clean itself just fine. Yeah. You don't need to worry about all that stuff. Yeah. The thing I had to say was around that. I don't know. It's It'll, it'll come back later. Um, so... Uh, I wanted to kind of go into your bad advice, but I want people to just go straight to your Instagram and just look at it. <laughs> we don't need to reenact it. It, like, stresses me out because I'm like, this is bad advice. This it's is hilarious. bad. Please, please, please do not take any of this seriously. Yeah, you I'm being just snarky need, and obnoxious. <laughs> you just need to go look at her highlight reel on Instagram and just look at it. You should do that again, too. That was, I mean, it's a good time. I gotta, like, save up for that one. <laughs> that, that was definitely a lot of fun. 
fun. Um, I did put out um, some questions to see if we had any questions. So while mm. I pull that up, do you ladies have any questions for her? Woo. Sorry, Jerry. You look like you had a question. Real quick. Mm. You uh, said don't use tampons. Uh, I know you're an advocate for the menstrual cup. Let me tell you quickly. I tried the menstrual cup. Mm-hmm. I use organic cotton tampons now. Um, I could not get down with menstrual cup for some reason. Yeah. Was I doing it wrong? Um, it's hard. I think in our adult lives, we're very quick to be like, this didn't work. I tried it for a day. It was not fun. I don't like it. So it, it doesn't work. You have to go in with the mentality of a 13 year old that wants to go to a swim party. We did not give up on tampons when they failed us on the first time, the second time, the third time, the fourth. We kept trying the tampons. We figured out the tampons. We trial and errored. As we like changed and our bodies changed and grew, we learned different brands existed. We tried different things. Like you really have to go in with that exact same gumption when it comes to menstrual cups, when it comes to menstrual discs. Because if you don't and it just doesn't go well the first time or the second time, you're going to give up on it and go right back to what you were using before because you're like, this feels hard and I don't have time. I feel like mine just filled up super fast. And it cr- I always thought I was going to leak. Mm. Does it leak? Where, I mean, unless you, if you don't have it placed properly, then yes. What do you think about the um, period panties? Love them. You do? Obsessed. Don't. Uh, that's pretty much all I do. Period panties in mm-hmm. the cup. Just a period panties. That's it. That's it. Do you feel like you're leaking? No. Well, yeah. You know how you're like, oh, something is coming out of me right now. I remember what it felt like when I had my daughter and I had to wear those. Oh. I got the that's nice different. undies. So it doesn't feel like that. <laughs> no, but I mean, there's occasion where you're like, I think I'm passing a very large clot. Mm, yep. I definitely am. <laughs> and you still feel clean. Oh, yeah. It's there. Thinks is my favorite brand. I've been, you know, trying a whole bunch of the different brands as well, and they keep coming back to them. But when you start to feel wet, that's it's time to change undies. So they do a really good job of wicking it all away. Um, what I've loved is after having my third, I had a little bit of prolapse going on and just overall was just really tender for a, like longer than normal with my other two. And I was like, I don't want to put chunk up there. I just don't feel like it. And so that's when I was like, I'm just going to really commit to these. And I love them. I'll have to try them out. It's just so I do easy. hate wearing tampons. Well, yeah, because you're like, I'm bleeding. Cool. And you just put on different underwear. But I sleep in white sheets and have yet to have leaked on them ever. In I period leak panties. with tampons. <laughs> See, that's, this is the thing. Like, tampons are not serving us well either. Yeah. And they're not good for you. It's so frustrating because they cause micro tearing in the vagina. So you're putting a dry, scratchy cotton thing up there. Oh, it hurts when you put it in yeah. wrong, too. Oh, totally. Or when you're not bleeding heavy. Or when you're not, and you pull it out. out. You're there's literally no, ripping up the walls of your vagina. There's TikToks about it where girls are like, it's like a joke where they're like, oh. Yeah. And like, I, I cringe because I know how that feels. I'm like, I do. Yeah. Well, and I did a little experiment. I, it was so funny. My poor kids are like, Mom, what are you doing now? But I lined <laughs> up a whole bunch of mason jars. I found out the salinity of blood because I wanted to be kind of close. Filled up with, like, saline water. Put tampons in. And then I wanted to see how much of the tampon shed into the cup. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, guys. It gets even worse. Not only are we having it scratch up our vaginas, it's leaving crap behind in our cervical crypts that are ripped up because of the tampon. Yeah. It's trapping old stuff in our cervix. And on top of it, it elongates your period because you're putting a plug in. I just learned so many new things within that one sentence. 
Why? But guess what? Menstrual cups, they actually existed before tampons. They were invented by a woman. Guess who invented tampons? A man. A man. Guess who had a marketing budget for it? A man. A man. So what did we all start using? Tampons. Tampons. (laughs) Yeah. Because the woman was like, hey, I have something that lasts 10 years and actually doesn't destroy the planet and is better for vaginas. Like, I was like, yeah, but I have something that destroys the planet, makes a crap ton of money because it's disposable. Also, I'm a man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my god! Trust him. He probably knows. Uh, I can't, you guys. You guys. (laughs) I have my cup still sitting in my drawer. Well, and if you hate it, try a different cup. Try a disc. Run on down to Target and get a pack of Flex Discs. I think I got the first, not the first one ever created, but I got the one, I think it's called the Diva Cup. Mm. Do you, any thoughts on that one? They're fine. But if it doesn't, like, cups are a little trickier because you kind of do have to find the one. Yeah. That's going to work really great. I should great. just try different ones. You, yeah. Um, period Nirvana. I'll put in a plug for Kim because yeah, she's... Give me the links. Yeah. Yes. She's incredible. She period has a quiz. Nirvana. So you can get on, take a quiz on our website, and it will be like, hey, based on your answers, this is probably the cup or disc for you. Okay. I'm going to do it's that. It's amazing. Because mm-hmm. I just went to Walgreens and I was like, I don't want this these chemicals in my vagina <laughs> yeah. anymore. Because, the oh, I do unscented when I was doing... I am doing tampons. Mm-hmm. I do... The organic cotton unscented, which I know is probably no better. It's probably better, but the scented ones, oh my gosh. Again, um, you know that that's got to be created by a man. Um, not that this is a man-hating bash, you guys. No, of course but not. But you don't like, know the vagina. And if you put a scented flowery thing up your vagina, I did that, that and it hurt. Oh, I burned. I can't. Imagine. No. Mm-mm. It's like such a, oh, you got the fishy smell. Like Well, and discs, particularly for the lifestyle that and uh, occupation that you have, you can mm-hmm. have period sex with a disc. That's mess yeah. free. That's a good thing. Um, they you do, gotta empty them first, though. Learn that right. They way. do a thing where they <laughs> cut like a sponge thing and put it up there. Yeah. I don't know. But even sponges, mm. scratchy. Yeah. To I, a disc. Yeah. That's good to know for yeah. sure. Because, mm. yeah, that's something that I've, I'm going to have to start figuring out. Because I'm not 100% sure I want to go into birth control. I don't think mm. I want to do that. I don't know. Mm. That's a whole other story. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go ahead and have some fun with um, some rapid-fire questions. But to real quick kind of tie up some things, um, just to end it real quick on this topic, quick, what's some um, vagina love and forgiveness activity suggestions you could give to our female listeners who want to show love to their vagina? You mentioned a mirror. Mm-hmm. Get a mirror. Take a look at everything. Take some time. Moisturize everything. Go through and groom yourself if you want to. Give yourself a trim or go in and get a wax or get a laser or shave or just brush out your bush. But spend some time lovingly loving your vulva and your vagina and getting to know it and spending time with it and cherishing and treasuring it. Cool. Mm -hmm. That's good to know. Yeah. I want to start doing Brazilian wax. (sighs) No? Dunham. It just, you know... I have not I've had never great luck it. with aftercare. Like, it just has never gone, like, just swimmingly for me. So I'm like, I think I might be a furry lady. I think that might be who I am. Do you use fur oil? I've heard of it. Do you like it? I do. Are you furry? Yeah. I love you don't have to it. answer that. <laughs> I like a I like little carpet. Yeah. No, that's great. I, I like a little grass. A little, like a little, a little racing stripe sometimes. I, I do. Yeah. I do. It's like when your husband's shaving his beard down and he starts yeah. with just like a... 
motorcycle mustache. Exactly. It always ends with that one that I won't even give any attention to, but that one little patch. Well, and I I have dyed my my hair before. I would not recommend doing that. Down there? Oh, yeah. I bleached the whole thing and dyed it pink. How much? Nice. That's awesome. Sorry, I think that's really cool. Really careful. Okay, good. Good. So, and I just did the mom's pubis. I didn't do all the way down because. I've had bad experiences dyeing my head hair. Yes. So that sounds We were very, there was a friend involved and we were very careful about the whole process. (laughs) I love that you had your friends involved on dying your your push. Yes, we're doing tonight. (laughs) Hey, what are you doing later? I have some pink dye. I want to. need a buddy. (laughs) True friendship right there. Exactly. Um, I like to end with rapid fire questions. Um, they're not related to any of our topics unless, hey, if you want to tie it in, you can. I just think it's a fun way to kind of end things um, on a fun little note here. Did you guys have any questions for her? Oh, my gosh, quick. like so many. But let's. You can ask one. <laughs> we don't want to hold her hostage too long. Do you recommend heated or cooling loops? No. Okay. No, it's well. The problem too is like KY is really mm-hmm. who's, and I wouldn't recommend KY. KY yeah. is great for making snow globes, not really? good for the vagina. Um, <laughs> which is a, which is another thing to think about even when you're going to like OB appointments. Take your own lube. So oh, many OBs, I I'm feel like carrying my own lube everywhere. Mm-hmm. So it's many OBs, smart. like sorry, really quickly. I yeah. had an OB one time tell me that like my endometriosis and my uncomfortability during sex could be cured with a really good like heating or cooling lube, which is part of why I asked that How question. Did that go? See CBD lube. Yes. One hundred percent. Yes. I may have asked them where they got their medical degree yeah. from, and they did not appreciate me after no. that. Yeah. No. Okay, CBD though, anti-inflammatory. Um, it for me personally, I had a skin split happen with my third labor right up past my clit. It was so funny because my midwife, I was like, something is just not like healing, and she like poked at it. She's like, is it this? And I'm like, it actually is. That. Yes, that's you found it. Um, CBD lube. I went in and worked on the scar with the CBD lube, and like it broke down the scar. It helped sensation like happen again there like it was such a game changer and converted me fully so oh maybe something to think about toka would be a really good option for you cool she's gonna drop the link so i can add oh, it yeah. to the and description and right? throw away a lot of food I'm, sure. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm not saying anything i'm like yeah okay, you're so that's fine. A bad it's one. Fine. Oh, that's a bad one we use, coconut, use that one coconut oil i love coconut oil there's like mixed feelings about coconut oil because it's antimicrobial you don't necessarily want to kill all the microbes in your vagina sometimes you do so it can be all like a very useful tool tool for fighting infection as well but for some people they're really sensitive to that for others they're not i love coconut oil just straight especially for hand jobs and stuff but sometimes hand jobs lead to other things and you know yeah you know question do you have one cherry <sighs> i had one Okay, that's okay. We can, we can skip over that part. Yeah, <laughs> that awkward pause. We just I know I had that one right thing out. on my head too, and it, it disappeared. So I'll be texting at three o'clock in the morning, just so you know. Um, okay, so we're gonna do some one word rapid fire questions mm. just to kind of end things here, and let's go. What's your favorite food? Mm, I love. Uh, whew, that's so. I love all food. It's such a problem. Thai is like my favorite right now, though. Okay. I'm really into. You're in yeah. a Thai mood right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, what word do you hate hearing? Oh, 
there's, I don't know. I, the, I hate listening to the sound of my children fight. Does that count? Sure. <laughs> it's probably the worst noise. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's your favorite dessert? Uh, Costco chocolate cake. Back when they had our all-American chocolate cake. Ooh, you can get the cupcakes right now, which I'm, I can deal with it. It's fine. It works for me. What is your Hogwarts house? Slytherin. Wow. Hey, makes sense. Right. You live in Utah, you talk about the vagina. Slytherin. You are a rebel with the cause. That's awesome. Um, what were you afraid of as a child? That's a deep one. I, everyone dying. Like, oh. I always was so worried that people were going to, like, die in my life. I don't know why. I don't feel like I had that really happen in young childhood, but I, I really always worried yeah, about it. Yeah, maybe that fear of um, uncontrollable abandonment or yeah, something. Yeah, that's what... Ooh, that's a deep one. Yeah, These are supposed to be fun. I know. <laughs> um, what's your favorite color? Uh, probably, like, pink or, and red, like, together. Oh, I mean, my God, clearly. my favorite color, too. Literally yeah, that's your color branding. Your, I'm into it. That's your logo. Yeah. You dyed your bush pink. Did you, ask, like, exactly. did you ask me that question? Is that what I answered? I'm pretty I sure I've answered that question in that exact mm-hmm. way before. I'm like, put them together, and it's just... It's what it's supposed to be. <laughs> are you on anyone else's Netflix subscription? No, I pay for it, but there are other people on mine. <laughs> <laughs> the last person I asked happening. this question said the same thing, and I'm like, man, I'm just talking to a bunch of boss babes. <laughs> um, I'm telling you probably my favorite thing, though. My best friend and I share an Amazon Prime. It is real fun to leave stuff in the cart just to, like, freak them out. Like, <laughs> yes. what are you guys oh, yeah. doing? <laughs> That's hilarious. That is, that is so, so funny. That's so funny. Um, who do you text the most? Mm, probably my husband. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, probably do the same, but yeah. I probably mark up people more than I text them. Yeah. Um, two more questions. Describe your style in one word. Eclectic. I like that. It, yeah, mm. eclectic. That's a good one. Good word. Um, what is one subject that you would like to learn more about and then mic drop? Mm-hmm. We can change it. I actually see another question I'd rather ask you. Okay, ask me a different one. I'm like, I don't even know. There's so many. <laughs> um, I like this one. What is a good spy code name for you? Your porn star name is my my childhood street I grew up on and my first animal, right? <laughs> yes! <laughs> What's your porn star name? Oh Street? my gosh, so that would be... Would what be, would be your spy code Courtney name? Patches. <laughs> Courtney Patches. I love that. There you go. Keep that brand. Yes. Keep that, that one. Brand that will get you far in the oh, industry. Yeah. <laughs> the best. Patches. Courtney Patches winning the AVN Awards. <laughs> Can you imagine? Well, thank you so much, April, for being on here. Honestly, this was just a above and beyond i'm just so we're so grateful and fortunate that you were that you were graced us with your presence thanks for having me i could talk about this all day long oh we love it (laughs) and i'm gonna put a post a picture of her um i think she just sees vaginas everywhere she goes because there's wallpaper behind me it's vaginas and she goes (laughs) oh there's vaginas on the wall (laughs) and we looked back and we're like Yes, yes, there yeah. is. Yep, yeah. you saw 100%. it. It's in yeah. the carpet, too. So many yeah. vaginas. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like everywhere. So we'll have to get a picture of you, and then, yeah. But thank you so much, April. Um, you're going to want to check out all of her links. I'll have that in the uh, description below. And if you have any questions for April beyond what we've already talked about, I highly recommend you go check her out on the Vagina blog and just drop our question. She does amazing Q&As and 
super We're interactive a good time stories. Over there. Yeah, lots <laughs> of fun interactive stories. So, okay, thanks for tuning in. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Wet Spot Podcast. If you've yet to do it, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. The only way we're going to be able to continue doing these episodes is by having our listeners support. And that is the best way for you to support this podcast. Thanks for tuning in.